everybody, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs are going to get together every single week and discuss the important things in life, like how this is the episode I would like absolutely none of my players to listen to. Please and thank you in advance. Uh, this week we have with us Alfred Clark, also known as Al Penny Blue. Hello. We also have Ian with us today. What up, what up? Uh, and also we have James, also known as Lord Mage. Hello. And as always, we have me, your host, Ismay Hutton, also known as a Teacup Gamer. Uh, so this week, guys, we are talking about uh, when is it okay to cheat the dice uh, in D&D as the DM, or if it's okay at all. Uh, now, my ass is super fucking sick at the moment, um, so my voice is kind of reminiscent what I would assume our Dark Lord Cthulhu sounds like. Uh, so you guys are taking the majority of the talking this week. Uh, so enjoy that. Um, <laughs> also, if anyone that is listening uh, does not like the sound of uh, coughing until you die, this might not be the episode for you. You might want to listen to it when it's in its final form, where I've edited out all of my nightmare coughs as far as possible. Um, but yeah, so, cheating the dice. Uh, James, first up, do you have any stories about you cheating the dice as the DM? Well, yes, actually, I do, uh... <laughs> In my first iteration of my Lothar game, I did a lot of rolling behind the screen and cheating the dice just to keep the challenge and the interest of the players. And I've learned better to not just roll and cheat the dice all the time. So now I do it the other way. <laughs> I, as I talked about in the custom monsters, I let the monsters keep the challenge and let the players handle the rolls. It's okay. easy to always add more hit points versus cheating the dice. Okay. So, I, like, I, I'm i not going to lie. I am mostly in this episode because I want to hear people's dirty little secrets of, like, cheating the <laughs> dice. It nothing gives me more joy because I'm a bad person. Like, that's just, that's, I, I've, I've taken that burden. Um, but, yeah, so before, before you, you kind of stopped doing the whole cheating the dice, what were, like... Do you have, like, any big instances where the dice got cheated? Just about every fight that the group went through, I always had to cheat the dice because with the API system, it's been, you'd roll, like, a bunch of twos behind the screen at the same time. And if that was the case, mm. oh, wow, these bad guys would have just got walked all over. So, no, that never happened. <laughs> Just thank God for whispers and rolling. Because if not, the players are like, "Ha ha, we kicked their ass!" And I'm like, "Damn, you're right." You know, rolling <laughs> you, in the open, right. you know, is not good for the people who want to keep oh, yeah. the players challenged. Because the player goes, "Hey, that's a two. They don't hit me," and they just move on and beat the heck out of your monsters and go, "Hey, we won." Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, like, I don't want you to win. God. <laughs> I want them to walk away at the end of the encounter going, Oh, we've earned it. I uh, like uh I had the last encounter was custom. It was a custom harpy. Cu the damage immunities were custom. The monster was you know every player had to fight and work together. At the end of the fight, the one player was like, God, my bullets were wasted, the thunder was wasted, and then I was like, Well, you weren't supposed to fight that monster. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the rest of the players like Oh my god, I had to use all my spells. Oh my god, I don't know what I would have done. And I was like, that's right at the right time for you to say, okay, that was a good encounter. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm. it's like, yeah, like, I think one of the things uh, with, with cheating the dice, um, at least in my experiences, has been, 
Uh, mostly if I've been rolling like trash for like an encounter that's supposed to be pretty all right and pretty like, you know, normal. Uh, but I've, or like at least a bit of a challenge, but I've just been rolling like ones and twos all day. Cause like, that's good for like a couple, but when you're just having a trash day and you, that's all you've rolled and no one got hit a single time at, I feel like that goes to the trash. Like that's just the trashiest, most annoying thing. That's where most of my like cheat rolls come from. I'd say. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's a good time to, I, I, like I, it, like if there is any time to fudge dice rolls, I think that's the time to do it. Is just to, um, just like with a really light touch to like make combats a little bit more challenging or like a little bit less challenging maybe. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's something I haven't, I haven't. That's something that I haven't been doing that often. But um, I think um, I might actually start doing it more in future. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you're you're a pretty like true to the dice player. Yeah, in DM general. at least. Uh, so, like, uh, I definitely think that um, letting the letting the it it so usually the times that it's tempting to uh, fudge a roll is like when 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 one result can lead to something being really unbalanced or like the story being thrown off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those times that like that's that should be the for me that's what i'm playing for is those moments where i as the dm don't know what's going to happen because then it's like i'm yeah. playing as well um yeah. as opposed to just telling a story to my friends um yeah so like uh, in in the first session i ever ran was like a a combat uh, across two boats uh Ooh, cool and yes it was I'm all about it yeah. <laughs> So I was being very boring and using goblins because it was my first time, and I was like, I, I just want to use goblins. I mean, um, but <laughs> I right. made them pirate goblins. Also, like early party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like yeah. automatically, just with one, like it doesn't matter if you're using goblins. You add one word to the goblins, and then you're you're fucking golden pirate goblins, fucking yeah, exotic <laughs> dancer goblins. Just thought of that one. <laughs> that one's going in the campaign. Very good. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Written down. Demon <laughs> goblins. Demon mm, girl, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so there were pilot goblins. One of them was like uh, chubby, and he was like a tough guy, a uh, heavy drinking goblin. Um, but then on the first turn of combat, my warlock player um, freaked him out, uh, got all up inside his mind, and then he <laughs> promptly ran off of the boat and jumped into the water. Okay. Um, and that like totally threw off the balance of the combat because a lot of the difficulty was in that one guy rather than the other little ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah so no, that was a point not... where I totally could have decided to, because he made a wisdom save, so I could have just said, ah, oh, he passed it, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. But it ended up being really fun. Um, the The player afterwards... Uh, came to me afterwards and he was and said you know that was really memorable i love that you know it was he he had played one or two rpgs before but that really like sold him and um yeah so yeah that was just a good experience for everyone and then that goblin later got to come back because he (laughs) he escaped into the water and then he reoccurred later on uh when they were inland um Mm -hmm. so yeah it sounded (laughs) good it ended up being good but that's one of the times where i then the, the the combat that came afterwards, I knew it would be unbalanced, uh, but I didn't do anything to rebalance it after that guy left. Um, whereas I could have just fudged a couple of attack rolls from those goblins, and it would yeah. have been a lot more challenging. Um, mm. So that I, I on reflection, I probably would have done that a little bit, but not too much. 
Yeah, I think I think a lot of the time, like when you talk about like cheating dice, it's a lot about like the balance. Like if if you're sitting there, like not taking account of any of the roles that you're doing, then it's like why why are you playing D and D? That's like you're like there are a lot of other RPGs where you can do that, and it's like it's not about the DM's roles, um, and you just say what like the monster does, and like that's totally fine for those. Like for those um, systems, but if you're playing D and D, half of the fun is kind of in those fuck ups. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I-, I would say that it's kind of a trade off. Like for for every time that you're just like, oh, okay, well, it would be a good story moment if this hit landed on this creature or on, like on one of the players. Um, or yeah, or conversely, like it, it would be a good story moment if one of the players' hits like landed on the creature. So like you know, it, it's kind of like a trade off for if you're if you're cheating the dice for the monsters, you can kind of cheat the dice for the players a little bit as well. Um, yeah, like yeah, yeah, that's some yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think for like one of the one of the fights that I I wish I'd kind of uh, fudge the numbers a little bit for. Uh, was one where it was like a big boss battle and my um, the the uh, barbarian in the group uh, was frightened of the creature low wisdom so was just not getting out of it Um, and I kind of wished I it's more of fudge the numbers instead of fudge the dice but I wish I kind of like made the uh save a little lower after he had been out of commission the entire fight because it was just kind of a bit of a shame for him so i think and like a lot of the time is on reflection just kind of seeing what you should or shouldn't do like i think this is one of those ones where actually well most most of our episodes are very learn as you go and change as you go and i think this is more more so than most of just some some days you're gonna feel like I'm gonna cheat a couple of rolls, or some days you're gonna be like, no, I'm staying true to what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah but um, I, I I do think it's it's best to um, just always be wary of cheating a roll. Uh, like it, like in that situation, um, a, someone failing a save repeatedly and coming out of like not being able to take part. Uh, it's definitely yeah. like that that's that's something where like you can you you can make a mechanical difference like you can you can just say after you've failed it one time you get like uh you get advantage or something on future saves um in order yeah. to make those mechanics less crappy because that's yeah. just a mechanic in the game that is that can end up being really lame yeah for yeah sure. i find that the only time i usually fudge the dice is only for the attack or only for the damage either taken on the monster's end or taken on the player's end. Mm-hmm. So this way the players don't feel that I'm fudging the dice. I'm just saying, hey, you took five damage instead of you took 50, because I don't <laughs> yeah. want to kill them right away. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely done a couple of those Like after realizing that maybe the encounter is a bit more unbalanced than I had thought. Uh, and I, like uncharacteristically rolled really well on the damage being like you take 15 not 50 15 damage that's fine please don't die immediately yeah yeah that that, that's also the one time the 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 only time i one of the only times that i've actually fudged the dice rather than thinking about fudging the dice uh it was just avoiding a first level player death because it was just like Mm. 
I mean, always yeah, shitty. this this bear bit you in the neck, and technically you should die instantly from the amount of damage I just rolled. Yeah. But that's, I mean, I can't be bothered to just tell you make another character, and for them to just mm. make another level one warlock. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that that's one of those ones. Like, uh, I I definitely fudge numbers a lot more at the very beginning, uh, yeah. just for I don't want like like especially at the very beginning it kind of just sucks when a player dies because they're not used to their character yet. No one else is used to it. It doesn't really have an emotional impact. The only emotional impact it has is on the person that now has to create a new character. Um, yeah. Just like for a second week in a row. And that just uh, kind of is a bit shitty feeling. Yeah. yeah. See, in my case, I have to create a level three, you know, three levels oh, lower yeah. than the current party. So this way they don't really Ooh end up becoming level ones amongst the level nines i was stuck in a player situation like that not as dm the dm um you know evidently had a thing against every character i ever created because for some reason it's just i just kept getting killed so i I didn't take it back from him because you know it's rolling a dice and at this time it was irl so you know he can't really fudge much because he wasn't using a screen but it just seemed odd that all of his monsters attacked me. Yeah. And then no, come to find out a couple years later, he was targeting me. So, God damn it. Yeah, you live and you learn. New message for today. Don't be a shite. <laughs> Your new don't DM tip. Don't be a wanker. <laughs> but, um, Ian, what about you? Have, what's your what's your relationship with the uh, numbers, or not the numbers fudging, the dice fudging? Uh, yeah, sort of in the vein of the... Uh player dying thing i actually had a game about four years ago where uh one of the people was completely new to D D. um like it, I, i'm pretty sure it was her first tabletop rpg and uh she uh yeah i can't remember i i, I didn't even remember this story till she reminded me of it but there was one moment where i attacked her uh added up all the damage and there was this moment where i apparently just paused and looked at the dice behind my dm screen and then asked how much health she had left. Um, and she, I, I shaved the damage down a bit so I didn't kill her first character ever. Because that would have... <clears throat> yeah. Now I feel like that would have yeah. soured her experience a little bit. Um, oh god, yeah. And uh, I probably, I, I feel like I talked about this a bunch on the last episode I was on. But, you know, being a DM I feel is more about, like, just facilitating the story and helping the players mm-hmm. have a good time. So if... Uh, fudging the dice and making sure someone doesn't uh, have a terrible first experience as part of that. I mean, yeah. I think it's more important to, to uh, yeah, like I said, just facilitate the game because that's what you're there for. Uh, you're not there to just be a random number generator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have there been uh, any times that you've done the kind of reverse, like the, the instead of helping, but a bit more to hurt? kind of budget or honestly are you are you like our paladin here i i don't i don't do that actually i was trying to think of the time i've done that i don't think i've ever (laughs) bumped up the damage or the attack um that being said it doesn't sound like a bad idea we have a convert <laughs> no, we corrupted the paladin that's the worst time of any campaign when, <laughs> when you started talking screaming. about it i was like oh, oh why don't i do that there's totally been times where i just oh, I can't geez. hit anyone or i'm not doing any damage 
Oh, I could just, fuck. I could just fudge the dice in the other direction. <laughs> I could just say oh, that shit. I did do damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think... Oh, fuck. This podcast has become a force of evil. This is not good. We might have to reconsider. We've converted a purist. <laughs> I know. Oh, shit. So, uh, yeah, check check in with me next time. We'll see, uh, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> do like a part two of this where like we come back and all of us have just been like no nah, i've just i've got a bit power hungry i realize that the dice mean nothing in this world i've just uh, i've lost have, all my I, class I levels for the last episode it's we all come back and go okay how bad did you fudge the numbers <laughs> yeah it would be like a nice reunion. It would be lovely. I don't know why we'll need a reunion, but it would be it would be beautiful. This is actually <laughs> We're horrific. This is really good timing for this too, because I'm running a Curse of Strahd campaign, and uh, oh no, I think they're gonna meet I mean, that's Strahd for the first time next week. So I'm probably just gonna fudge all his roles. <laughs> <laughs> that's marginally oh, horrific. That's um. I would like to thank you. I'm sure all of my players would. Oh, God. Wouldn't. Don't, like, so. do they know about this podcast? Don't send them this way. I feel like they're going to come and beat me up. I won't. I'll send them, like, I'll send them the next okay. episode. So, uh, okay. they won't hear this. Unless they listen to the recording. I know. I'm like, the recordings are out there. I don't want to get punched real bad. Oh, there's going to be so many players mad at well, me now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's an ocean between you and my players, so I think you're safe I on mean, this end. Oceans would not stop me for like punching someone in the name in the good good name of D and D. I have a lot of D and D feelings. I'll cross oceans for them. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that um, that kind of uh, reminded me of like a, a point that I was wanting to bring up uh, is a less less kind of like uh, cheating the dice. And more uh, using dice rolls to your advantage in that you're pretending to roll the dice, uh, which is one of my favorite D&D tactics, maybe of all time. Mm. Um, for instance, like, um, one, of, one of the most like, well-known ones uh, is from um, one of the episodes of Critical Role. Uh, there's like a big old monster. All of them are fighting. Uh, Matt Mercer is like, rolling behind the thing for like oh does it hit oh, it doesn't hit you god damn that's insane and like all of these attacks missing um and it's just it's just like afterwards they realized that the creature was like an illusion and so it was just matt mercer rolling ah. for sweet fuck nothing no um, way i totally didn't see that coming <laughs> It's so good. That's it's really so good. it's so so good. Um, and I, I think I've done that once before in the past. It was like yeah, rolling for a creature that isn't really there. Um, also something. Yeah, or rolling initiative for something when it's oh, not yeah. really an encounter. Oh yeah. I do that a lot, where people think there's like uh, animated armor or something, yeah, so they yeah. go to attack it, roll initiative, and then they just knock over a <laughs> suit of armor. <laughs> That's always a given. Um, one of the other ones that I'm trying to train myself to do, um, more because I've forgotten a lot in the past, but it's like really useful for when you're, for like kind of continuing the action, um, well, continuing the, uh, the role play, um, is whenever like a character, uh, makes like an insight check, 
uh, to what one of your NPCs is saying, to always roll afterwards as if you're rolling for deception. Um, even if it's not. And like making sure yeah. that your oh, yeah. players know that is also important. Just like, no matter what happens, I'm going to roll um, to see. Like, like it's either going to be a deception check on their part or it's just going to be me rolling so that you don't really know. Because otherwise, they're just like, oh, I got a, uh, a three in my insight. But they still just have me tell them like whatever the person looks like without making a roll they kind of know that that person is not lying without actually making a good roll which kind of mm. defeats the purpose of the whole thing um i'm a big yeah. believer in using their passive perception for everything and so i have one player who loves to find a way to break games mechanically he's working on getting a character with his passive perception up to like 40 so that means i'm going to have to have some really strong deception rolls and yeah. stealth rolls on him oh jeez oh that's a nightmare that's a nightmare yeah, I, yeah I, you, you, see everything. <laughs> I was gonna say that it's it definitely would be fun to freak players out making perception rolls in a room and then rolling just just rolling a dice as if you're rolling a stealth check yes yeah no shit like that is so fun and like i it it adds a lot to like the tension i think just because like it it like even if like these characters are just like they're going to go explore a dungeon and they're like i'm gonna roll to look around and things um Mm. uh and even if they get like low rolls in it i feel like the tension is more minimal than if you just like do random rolls in the middle of everything just to like keep, keep them on their toes a little bit so them and their characters are on edge which is always fun also, i have that little uh emote macro that says the gm is rolling <laughs> really rolling oh that's good them out as soon as, like when they start talking randomly in character and i click it you know, oh crap mm-hmm. something's about to happen yeah uh, and you know i use the initiative turn order for a lot of things especially when i split the party so you know if the turn order pops up and they see that they think there's mm-hmm. combat coming so <laughs> it, it's, it works perfectly <laughs> always keep the bitches on edge why not uh, yeah i think that those kind of yeah the rolling during like inaction um especially if like characters are taking a long ass time to decide to do something like when, when you're like okay a decision has to be made guys and they're like okay cool let's make a decision and then you're three hours into the game and they're just still talking just like kind of pretending to try and covertly roll dice while actually just being like i'm rolling yeah. dice and i hope you guys notice yeah. uh, just you, to kind of like yeah, speed you, you, them <laughs> You definitely want to have like you just want a T-shirt that says "rolling for rolling for random encounters" and just like roll just roll a dice now and again. Oh yeah, uh, if they're taking too long. Oh I yeah. I definitely yeah. like rolling for. You can always fudge. Uh, like I, I, I definitely like to roll for random encounters whenever they're like traveling around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or making camp in a dangerous area is a good one because you don't want people yeah. to be taking long rests in the middle of a dungeon. Um, but yeah. people just kind of do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you can you can definitely put the fear of. Uh, monsters into them. Oh yeah, just... encounters. Uh, like, they're like and then they... you can either. Oh, go for Sorry. it. Yeah, you, you, and then you can either fudge, fudge it so that like you've been found randomly. I, yeah, you know, and I'm not doing this just to punish you. <laughs> I totally um, fucking am. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's those players that are like I, I was just about to say, yeah, so it, it, it it's fine to like do the roles for like when you're when they just like randomly make camp in a dungeon, but if they keep doing it, there's like, well I'm just gonna have to throw a lot of random encounters at you because otherwise you don't learn from your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Never learn. But yeah, Alfred, you're also talking a little bit about like um fudging the numbers just for like uh like encounters in general like we were, we were talking a bit about it uh when we were talking about um making making monsters um like making your own custom monsters in the monster factory episode uh yeah so yeah like also like fudging the numbers for for like saving throws and shit like that mm. but like do you do you do like a lot of just kind of on the fly making up numbers yeah it's it, it, it's another thing that i've been meaning to do more of and i kind of regret not doing um like in literally in my last session um there was a person who just they just missed every attack for the entire encounter and then it was the last person they were fighting um and they had a huge health pool um and they were being whittled down and then um she came in with like a with like she got her you know full paladin bs and and used Mm -hmm. got had her smite go in and stuff she took a swing and it hit. It was the first time she'd hit in the combat. The guy oh. was on low health. Um, she rolled damage uh, and it and it brought the monster down to like full health or so. Yeah. <laughs> and here. because because I'm such a, I just I just don't think to um, fudge it. I'm just like, oh, so close. It's nearly dead. Yeah. But it would have been a great moment if I had just said, "You smite that <laughs> yeah. piece of crap." I, I've definitely explodes. done that before. Like, there's there was really no reason for me to make that combat last longer yeah um, yeah it's always yeah i feel like that uh, that's what we we're kind of talking about it's like always like if, if you're fudging numbers always just do like it's it's okay to do it a little bit for good and a little bit for evil and because like the for good ones are just it's a nice moment as you were saying like if there's the character that hasn't been able to do anything the entire time but then gets that last glorious hit in uh yeah. it's always just a little a little bonus a little nice but we we've all been doing some like very wholesome, nice like ah like this is some like for for niceness cheating the rolls. Um, I've done some sins before <laughs> in my time, and I'm here to confess them. I would like to put out that I am, as a person, a chaotic neutral person. <laughs> I do some good and I do some evil, and I'm okay with that. Okay, okay. Um, so. Uh, there, there, yeah, there've been a couple times of, as I've said, like, there are, like, situations where the, the combat was a little bit overpowered or a little bit underpowered and you used to, like, cheat those roles. There was one where, I'm not gonna lie, Ismay, your friend and your loved one, was having a bad day. (laughs) And also, her players decided that they were going to take on a town. Just... Just because, just basically to fuck with me, um, and we're just there to fight a lot of guards, um, and uh, I feel like at the time they were, I don't know, like just taking like taking stock of like everything that had happened in it. I feel like a lot of them as people were also in a bit of a bad mood, um, so they were just like, yeah, we'll just do whatever. Fuck it, I, I whatever. We're gonna like hit. I, a million guards in the middle of a town where there are a lot more guards. So there was just a moment where I was like, okay, this can't be where you die. 
because you know like this is that's not an adventurer's end your adventurers do not die in the middle of a town when you did a stupid thing mm. good lord is it going to have repercussions in the story but this is not how you die but i want you to suffer <laughs> because you have done a stupid thing <laughs> and you deserve to suffer a little bit um so like like as so i like i pat i at the very beginning of it um, I decided not to pull any punches and maybe give them a couple more punches just as they were going. Um, just to be like, you guys fucked up. Um, and then as it went on, just being like, okay, like either take, just give the, the damage that was actually rolled or to balance it out, make them miss a couple of more times. Um, cause like, oh God, they needed to not be idiots and ruined my entire game and i wanted them to suffer and i was in a bad mood and i'm sorry but i'm also not sorry at all no regrets <laughs> you're in a bad enough mood you just they start fighting a guide and you just you just don't even roll you look at them and you say hey, critical hit oops guess he was a god in disguise or something i don't give a shit anymore i'm just fuck all you guys don't ruin my nice world or at least think about what you're doing. Who fights guards in the middle of a town? Dweebus. Someone playing an Elder yeah. Scrolls Players. game. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. God damn it. All right. So, like, now I feel like an asshole because everyone else is just like, oh, yes, I make rules for good. And it's just me in the corner <laughs> fucking being a wanker. Hate it. But, you know. Whatever. I actually, uh, um, I, I, think, I remember, uh, Ooh, yes, good. Is this going to make me feel better? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's, if it's going to make you feel better, but, uh, I remember, uh, mm, back in uh, 2012, I went to, uh, a convention where I played Pathfinder and there was a lottery, uh, cause Ed Greenwood was there, uh, the creator of Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and he, uh, there was a lottery to play a second edition game DM'd by him. Uh, unfortunately Ooh, I didn't cool. win. But I got to sit in the same room as it was happening. So I was watching it a lot. Um, And it was like a two, maybe, yeah, probably a two, two and a half hour game. Uh, He didn't roll uh, a single die. He, uh, it was all narrative for him. Um, Like he just decided what was best for the story. And that's what happened. Like in combat and role play, everything. Um, Is that like a second edition thing? Sorry? Is that like a second edition thing or is that just like I think that's just a Greenwood what it was doing. thing. Um <laughs> I know the the players I think that's the true definition of railroaded mm. story. Yeah. Uh, well like if it's if it's if it's reacting to what the characters did, maybe not. Like the, not the characters rolled, right? Or... Oh yeah, yeah, the characters were rolling for sure. Yeah. Now yeah, no there wasn't I think, he yeah. was just the only one not rolling. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think I would trust Ed Greenwood to be able to uh, tell a story without <laughs> dice, uh, not railroad his uh, yeah. his players. But uh, yeah, it was um. Uh, there's oh, I can't remember for the life of me what the um, what the system is called. Um, if it fucking helps anyone, it's the it's from the arc that uh the the McElroys in the Adventure Zone just did. Um, uh, where it's like is it Monster Hunter. Amnesty, yeah, it's the answer, but it's like monster hunter kind of thing. But anyway, um, it's it's like a monster of the week kind of thing 
where the the DM in it, or they call him, oh, what is it they call them? It's something that sounds real uh, creepy. The, the keeper, like the, I think. The keeper. I don't like it. It gives me the screams. I'm not a fan. Yeah, it's um, funny. Yeah, Griffin was also uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's funny to listen to him talk about that. <laughs> it's like, it feels nasty up in my soul. Um, Especially since the keeper is a Harry Potter term for Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, like that one's, that, that would be more fun. I don't. Why is it okay in Harry Potter, but not in that? Whatever. Um, but yeah, so the in in that system, the keeper's role um, is not to roll. Like they don't the the monster doesn't have um, like a turn order. You don't roll for damage with it. Really, it's just narratively what makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if one character comes up and like punches the monster in the face, the monster's going to turn around and try and eat them. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's the kind of the same the same ish thing of like it's just someone being like I'm not gonna roll, but this is what happens in a narrative story sense. And I think it's just like having that trust mm. is cool. Um, but yeah, as I was kind of well, like, saying, I, I know DMs who uh, well one DM I know one DM who uh, <laughs> doesn't like rolling at the table. He finds it mm-hmm. takes too much time, so he'll sit down for half an hour before his game with a fistful of d twenty and just roll like 200 numbers what the fuck and write them all down what the fuck and those are his roles for the game like he just starts at the top left hand corner and whenever he (laughs) needs to roll he just checks off the next number and that's what his role was i feel like that's so this way he can fudge the numbers by checking off a different number (laughs) (laughs) it's like i rolled it at some point that's fine i only need this to be a 15 that like i feel like that's the start of like uh like a snuff film where it's just like so like a dm that's gone mad and is like killing people in real real life just like solo <laughs> light shining down on one guy at a table rolling a thousand d20s like yes i can see your future <laughs> that terrifies me it's like the I mean, death I, note of D. <laughs> yeah but no I, I like i quite i i like the way that the um monster of the week game works uh in that way that the dm doesn't have doesn't roll dice i think that's very cool um i don't think it really i i can't imagine how you would run a D &D like that um yeah uh, like the guy you were talking about earlier um oh yeah i have no idea how he did it yeah (laughs) i would never do that yeah Yeah. but but um yeah But, but also like i I feel like it would take a lot of the fun out for me. Like, like I, I roll dice mm-hmm. when I don't need to roll dice. I roll dice to like decide which player gets targeted by a monster if there's no oh, player yeah, uh, choice. Um, yeah. Just like I, I think it's more fun for me. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just and and just to see what and I roll dice for NPCs interacting with other NPCs because I want to know. <laughs> I I don't want to know in advance. I don't want to have to decide what happens uh, in those situations i want to find out what happens with these characters that i'm interested in yeah um, for a minute there i thought you were going to say you roll dice to decide where you take your wife to dinner <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's the kind of wife i'll be one day just like where what restaurant are we going to darling why are you leaving me where what are well, those let bags me, let me con- consult the roll table i have i've definitely flipped coins with uh i'm, I'm very indecisive which is probably why, actually, yeah, that makes sense. That's probably why I like to roll dice so much when I'm playing. Um, on crit but yeah, no, I've definitely, I've definitely good flipped coins. About ourselves. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely flipped coins to make decisions with yeah. certain friends who are also bad at making decisions. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that uh, one of the things that I, I kind of had to learn, um, I, like, when, when I first started doing the whole DMing thing, um, I, I did a lot more fudging numbers than I do that, like, it's, now, nowadays it's pretty rare, like, I just don't, like, I, I like, I like that whole thing of not where, knowing where the story is going, and, like, having, yeah, being, being a part of the experience rather than being just, like, the person that knows all, um, because, like, for most of the game I know all, I know where everyone's going, I know what the, the plot points are, but just for those roles, I have a little bit of not knowing which is always just fun um but i think at the very beginning of playing i had like a lot of problems with like giving up control like that uh so at the beginning i was just like if you if you like when they're doing like insight checks and it's like okay with that insight check they know that this character is lying and if they know this character is lying they're not going to want to do this and if they don't want to do this then the whole campaign is dead and i have failed as a dm um and so i would fudge those rules um which was, like, at the time, just all I could do because I hated the loss of control. But now now I don't really give a shit, and I think it's hilarious when I've planned for, like, two days on, like, and they will not know that this character is secretly... Oh, no, you you know instantly. You know, you, you, yeah. you know instantly that this character is evil and wants to murder you. Well, fuck it. Oh, enjoy it's, a battle, it's... I guess. It's it's actually that's actually similar to something that I've always I've always thought about doing this um, when you roll like when you roll some of the players' uh, skills behind the screen instead of them rolling because um, mm-hmm. I I've heard this about like um, stealth checks is the big one because yeah. people will roll a stealth check see that they got a four and then decide that they're not going to um, they're not going to go yeah. down the tunnel after all um, yeah but. Yes. With and stuff, but I think it would. It, it it's something that I would do with like insight checks as well, definitely. Yeah, um, I think yeah. What it, one of the big ones with that is like, kind of like investigation things. Like when they're in the cave and there's like, oh, I'm gonna check for traps, and then they roll like a yeah. two, and someone else is like, I would also like to roll <laughs> to check for traps. Like fuck you, no, you don't. <laughs> Sit yeah. down over there. Exactly. That's <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly the kind of like meta game stuff that just like yeah like i'm pretty okay with a lot of metagame the the metagame that happens um it's you know it's fun in its own right but that kind of stuff gets really frustrating yeah, yeah it's, it gets gets boring it's it, it also ties into something that i an idea that i quite like from matt colville of um mm-hmm. niche protection like only letting people roll if they're proficient in a skill in when you have like Ooh, a large okay. group so Ooh, like that's crazy you, you don't let you don't make people roll you don't let people roll perception unless they're proficient in it or Ooh. they're on their own like you know if they're not with the yeah. group then they can roll whatever they want to attempt it but yeah. yeah oh that's crazy like it makes a lot of sense i've like i've never thought of that but that's yeah. that's good like because yeah, otherwise you have the the skill monkey you know aka the bard with jack of all trades nope. going I'm going to do everything for the party. Mm-hmm. And then you have the person who's actually trained and proficient in it going, doopy doopy doopy, yeah. he's just going to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's making sure that everyone does what it's like, especially for, so, uh, I'm, I'm talking, like, I've noticed, uh, going over these episodes now that I'm, uh, I've swapped with my, my DM because like, you know, we, we swap over, he DMs sometimes for like a season, I DM for a season. Uh, but now I've swapped back over just being a player. So a lot more of my stories are player related um on a dm chat whatever um but yeah so it's like it's little things of i think that 
a lot of that kind of metagaming, let's make sure everyone rolls just in case someone gets a high roll, uh, is a lot on the players. And um, like, for instance, like my, my character that I play is like real, real dumb. She doesn't really know anything. She was like <laughs> kept away for a million years. So like, doesn't like have a lot of book learnings. Um, so it would make no sense for her to make religion checks. Like if she sees like a religious figure walking around, because in, in that world, she wouldn't look at it and be like, Oh, I wonder if I, I wonder if I know anything about this, this mm. religion boy, because no, she fucking doesn't <laughs> like, she doesn't know that sweet shit. Um, I think that's like yeah. an important thing for you to talk about your, with your players, um, to sit them down and be like, look, if you all want to roll, uh, just to see if one person has like any better knowledge than anyone else, that's cool. But it feels like not, not the kind of point of the game, I guess. Cause like everyone's there and they have their own skills and that's, that's the fun of it. Play to your character's strengths, not to the strength of the group, I guess. Definitely. Or yeah also i am very much now realizing that as a player i can't fudge any roles for a long time and i'm getting the itch i'm getting the itch real bad oh i can do oh never mind i can i can fudge the roles for you guys like when we're doing the end of the, <laughs> the podcast thing i can tell you that you're doing it whenever i want ah oh, mm. no one will ever i always assumed that was the case and you were just using a sound effect <laughs> <laughs> my, my dice like, soundboard mm-hmm. Yeah, we have one for uh, each type of dice because they sound just ever so slightly different. Motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> only an only an audio file would pick up. Hey, that's not a <laughs> like y'all have seen how many audio issues I've had on this fucking show. Ain't no way that I've been able to do it with that much consistency this entire time. <laughs> hey guys, this is May, your sick time boy, ready for the middle of the podcast chat as per usual. First off, obviously, I'm sorry that uh, my voice sounds like death and I am the groggiest uh, little peek behind the kimono here. I choose to pause at this moment uh, because there's like two minutes where my brain just flatlines and I start going. So that was that was some really cool audio that I decided to take out entirely. Uh, that's also the reason this episode might be a little short. I've not entirely finished editing it, so like I'm not sure what the end length is going to be. Uh, but there's a chance it's going to be a little bit shorter than usual. That's because as soon as uh, we hit an hour, my brain was just like, okay, we're done. We're, we're finished here. And I just switched it off. So thank you for sticking with me through that. Also, sorry about last week. We weren't actually able to get the episode out. There was a myriad of problems. Uh, there was people that weren't able to make it, people that weren't able to make it, uh, people that weren't able to make it, uh, people that weren't able to make it. Uh, uh, there was also the people that finally were actually able to get there, um, and, like, were helping out by filling in. There were some audio issues on their part, audio issues on my part, audio issues for the world. Uh, so it was one of those days where, uh, the world was kind of trying to tell us that there was not to be an episode that week, so we decided to listen. You can tell I'm still ill because nothing I'm saying has any beginning, middle, or end. It's just a continuous string of words, I guess. Also, sorry that there's gonna be a lot of, like, audio problems in this. I could edit it better, but my boys, I need to sleep. I need to sleep instead. I'm still so ill. But now that all the apologies are out of the way, we've got our other things. Um, we don't really have anything in way of plugs other than, you know, the usual. Go over to my channel on twitch.tv forward slash a teacup gamer. 
Uh, and then you can watch me play games and stuff. I'm on the road to a thousand followers, so help me out on there if you're if you're a good bitch. Also, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, you can follow us there and share from there and like the things and comment on things, all of which help. Uh, we're also on iTunes now, and you can go over there, leave us a comment, and like give us give us a good five out of five rating because we're a goddamn five out of five show. Uh, you can find us if you go on iTunes, onto podcasts, and then search Crit Chat. Also, it would help us out so very much if uh, you thought there was anyone that would like this show uh, to send them our way and be like, hey, look, look at this cool show. Do that of some cool people that are talking about some... Okay, we're talking about nerd things, but like, you know, cool nerd things, you know? <laughs> also, as always, wherever you're watching this, you'll probably be able to go into some description somewhere and find our Discord channel where you can go and chat to us and ask any questions that you want us to talk about in later episodes of the show. Uh, but that seems to be about it. Um, other than that, of course, as always, you can watch this show live on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT over on A Teacup Gamer. Uh, but yeah, get back to the show. Sorry about my everything. But yeah, uh, were, were you saying that you were doing, like, in the past you did a little more dice fudging than you do these days? Oh yes, definitely. Like, I did what tons changed? of dice fudging. What like, changed I was you? doing this. Well... Honestly, the caliber of players I have. I okay. mean, I've gone through three versions of this, not the same game, but the same setting. Mm-hmm. The first version was just, just my play test, if you will. I had semi, I had some semi-experienced role players with, you know, that went into backstory and created their own story, but didn't connect to the setting. Mm-hmm. And then I had new players who had no clue about backstory and who just wanted the railroaded story. Mm-hmm. So those two, I kind of, took the pieces that I learned and now I have uh, a group of five players who just went in through their session two and they play weekly and they're all about the role play. I mean, and you know, the story, so it's great. And I don't, and with them, I don't have to worry about so much about them doing a skill that they don't know how to use. Like they're not going to meta game. They're not going to, take their player knowledge and turn it into character knowledge automatically. I don't have to control so much of their actions. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, I really, I have high hopes for them and I hope they don't let me down. Mm -hmm. I really hope. Oh God, that's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Oh Lord. I'll I'll, I'll send this episode their way and just be like, look, he's going to start like killing all y'all and fudging every role if you don't keep up his caliber. Well, in one case, I have one player who's very creative, and I've already sat down and I told them session zero. If you come up with something that you think is interesting, tell me. I love to steal it and use it. And every time he comes up with something, it's like really good, and I'm stealing it and using it in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. I mean, it's beautiful. My 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 setting website has grown significantly significantly from his creativity. That's okay. And then I have another player who isn't as creative. But he tries to, like, come up with things that won't fit the theme, but with a few reskins and talking to my creative player, we make it work. And it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, these players are the reason why I, I, my API has a language script. They're using the language, and they understand in my game now, human is not common. It's actually a racial language. So they quite literally now have to fight and figure out, well, who's, what languages do they speak? Mm-hmm. So they're like, playing to that and i love it that's cool but yeah no like i I think a lot of the the whole like numbers thing does come down to uh like 
your players and how how like they kind of treat because like yeah as I said like if I feel like that's the kind of way that the the players are able to cheat the dice in just you know rolling whenever there's they realize that everyone else has failed so like they're allowed to cheat so i'm allowed to cheat fuck it (laughs) (laughs) they cheat less than i will too but like at the same time that does always lead to some like i i I think that at the beginning of uh players rolling like at the beginning like like when they've just started out a new campaign with like all new characters and like maybe they don't know each other that well um it makes sense doing the whole everyone roll for everything uh because one it can it's like everyone's a bit more for themselves than they are a bit later on when you know everyone kind of gets together and they're like you're good at this so that's what you will do and we'll sit back and let you do your thing um it can also add some like cool backstory things like to characters before they're properly fleshed out like say for instance if um they they're like oh do i know anything about um like the the topography of the of like this part of the world um and all of them roll for it and like the low intelligence like barbarian gets like a really high roll you're just like oh yes you know this because xyz in your backstory so it like adds a bit to the characters um yeah so yeah i'd say like on on everyone's side like players and uh the dm it's a bit more acceptable at the beginning of campaigns to do a little bit of fudging uh just so that everyone can settle in and you get to the place you want to get in the story because yeah if you're if your characters get murdered in the first session then everything is just kind of like well okay well that was that was a fun campaign i'll see you next week for nothing i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i think i, I think yeah like you you're always going to use di- uh, dice fudging to <clears throat> um just deal with the mechanical problems that the game has like level one characters being killed so easily by just one crit can from like one crit from a cr1 monster can take you from full to negative your health pool and kill you instantly like you you you're just gonna you know it's better to fudge it in those cases but Mm -hmm. yeah but overall i think you definitely want to try and um whenever that stuff happens you need to recognize that fudging the dice means that the um mechanics have failed or your setup has failed in some way yeah um because you you'll you'll end up having much more satisfying games uh, like like with with level 1 stuff that really is such a difficult thing to change for the uh for the game so like i, I mean personally i would always say like probably start at level 3 um yeah it it's just yep that's my yeah. role yeah cuz like what are you doing at level one? You do nothing. It's yeah, so exactly. dull. I'm so and it, done with it. it. It really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any narrative sense either if you go by the speed that you're supposed to get through those, through those levels because people go from like, I know how to swing a sword into like, um, I'm a member of the 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 Order of Horned Knights <laughs> at level yeah, three yeah. because that's mechanically you have to have taken your Paladin Oath now, but like you didn't have yeah. it before, but somewhere in the last five minutes you became a mm-hmm. member of an order or something you know <laughs> well what i use level one and level two for are for my brand new players that i had i created level one to teach them how to create a character sheet yeah. so if they yeah, could yeah. successfully create their character sheet they automatically were level one mm-hmm. 
And level two was, could they do an attack? Could they do this? Could they do this? Could, I, once I got done showing them everything, I was like, congratulations. Now get rid of that character and make a level three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. A lot of time. Like, I, yeah, I, I've got such a annoying hatred of like starting at level one. It's just because like, yeah, as, as you're saying, Alfred, it, just, it feels like it doesn't make any narrative sense unless in those like two levels yeah. which are really speedy to get through you like got to a town where there's a lot of paladins and oh you did like you you managed to take your oath and it was no big deal bye <laughs> it's it kind of like has a lot less weight to it than if you just say oh yeah my first two levels happened in my backstory yeah yeah exactly i mean it, it, it's been funny to listen to i like i was listening to a real play called join the party um and they it's just funny listening to people struggle with it in different ways um like in their party they had a, someone who started at level three and then two characters who just had these like they they just had to basically work it into the story um like at level two they happened to be in a town and they both had these like side quests of their own um where they joined their like you know respective groups or yeah. like learned these special skills um yeah. but that's really difficult to work into your game if you're, <laughs> especially if you're new a new dm yeah um, oh, I, I, just, I i think like one of the the things that i remember as like a role fudging thing that was very early game um was one time when i was uh dming for it was a group of uh there was just five of us total um, and two of the, the players had never played before. Um, and so, um, so one of, one of them was my partner, um, who had never played and the other was the, the partner of, uh, another girl that was in the, the same, uh, the same group. Uh, so we were just kind of like respectively helping our partners out, making their first like character sheet. Um, and I, like when I was sitting down with my partner, we were like doing our, doing all of the the character sheet stuff and we were like rolling for the characters and they got some really bad stats like <laughs> so terrifically bad that i like this character should not be able to stand up and walk yeah or speak or do anything yeah. so i was like look you're normally normally you take what you have and that's it but like this is your first time playing and I want you to have a good time. I don't want you to just sit there and feel useless because that's not what this yeah. is all See, about. This is another time where like you like th this is another thing where the mechanics as written are just like really not that good. Um, like in my first game, I had someone who rolled a dwarven cleric and had 20 strength and 20 constitution at level one. Piss off. Um, and it's just like everyone else in the group, all, like none of her other stats were underneath like twelve either. It was it was insane, yeah, and yeah. like that was great for that player at first, but mm. everyone else felt just like garbage, oh, yeah. useless people. Uh, and it's <laughs> like, just yeah, so yeah, so so like so nowadays, I just I just don't roll for stats. Like that's the mm. like I yeah. like I saw that was a problem. I wanted to fudge the dice, and so I decided to fix that mechanic by not rolling dice anymore instead i use point by yeah. for reference but like how many points do you use uh, i use the amount that's in the book but i let people put um i let people get stats up to 16 uh, i think i also let people buy feats at level one because i think feats are really fun <laughs> 
Feats are so much more fun than anything else. Good lord. Like, I'm... I'm... Yeah, I, I tend to use uh, Matt Mercer's so long as all the ability points equal 70. And, uh, and it works. Okay. Hmm. I think, like, I think, like, that, like, what what I was saying is, like, a really good point of um, if, if you find yourself having to cheat the dice in, like, a lot of circumstances, then it's not necessarily, like, it, like, it's not necessarily your fault. You just have to, like, take a look at what you have to cheat the dice for a lot and try and fix that. Yeah. Like, I think that's a really good, good point for, for the whole conversation. Cause yeah, like, especially like with combat, like if you have to like keep cheating the dice to make it like, Oh, the, the, the monster actually hits you. Uh, then maybe go and take a look at what, um, you like add to attacks for these monsters and think make, okay, maybe because these rolls are always getting fudged. Maybe we bump that up a little bit. So just kind of trying to find ways that you don't have to cheat the dice is the best way of cheating the dice. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that we're going to start wrapping up. So I feel like I have to record what I'm doing now so that you know that I'm not cheating this dice, but also at the same time, um, you know what? If I fucking want to cheat the dice, I will, bitch. <laughs> um, but no. Okay. First up for our end of the podcast thoughts. Uh, that is going to be James at number three. Well, if you take away any one thing is fudging the dice is literally the result of poor balancing between monster and player abilities. You do it right, all you have to mess with is, is how much hit points one side or the other takes. Like just like little damages, L- little cheating, just a little bit. Just like just like you're not fudging the dice, you're just fudging the damage. Yeah, it's like you don't know. It could be just like it's it's a fun little stat block thing. I I like that we're cheating, cheating the dice. It's like no, no, no. It's not cheating the dice if we cheat other numbers. Exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, next up, we have number two. Number two is me. Um. So I I feel like my my main advice for cheating the dice uh is the kind of not cheating version it's the rolling dice when you don't actually have to to keep a bit of the the intrigue and the illusion alive uh so yeah so rolling for attacks that aren't actually there or rolling for um like a deception that's not really there or just if people are taking a long time, just do some cheeky little rolls to be like, hey guys, wouldn't it be great if you hurried up and these monsters that are definitely there won't come and kill you? Um, because yeah, it, kinda, it it adds to the tension and it adds to um, everyone's experience, but it doesn't actually have any like real negative consequences for them. It's just a little extra, little extra fun. <laughs> Or horror, whichever side of the DM screen you're on. Um, okay, next up, uh, we have Ian. Uh, yeah. I don't know, I'm reconsidering my uh, alignment here in terms of <laughs> we dice We did so rolling, bad. So. We did a bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we corrupted our paladin, it's not good. It's no longer lawful. Uh, I don't know. I think ultimately it, it really just boils down to whatever is going to make the best story, the best session, the best uh, experience for everyone. Uh, and if you need to fudge the dice to do that, I, I say go for it. Oh no. Oh, this, we've got the darkest timeline back on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
tweaked it. Um, but last but not least, Alfred, what you got yeah, for us? Yeah, just <clears throat> I think you you shouldn't feel too bad about um, fudging dice rolls um, for the same reasons as Ian. Um, but just make sure that you always you're always aware that when you fudge dice, that's not a solution. It's just a symptom of a problem that is there. Um, and you should always try to learn from any time you fudge the dice. Um, you should think about making a change to the way the game is, the way you're preparing or the way that the game works. Awesome. Yeah, I, I thought that was some good advice, guys, apart from the fact that, like, you know, my, my voice is dying. Um, and everything I say sounds like uh, you're elderly uncle giving you like weird relationship advice with a <laughs> terrifying gravel don't listen to that uncle he does not have good advice um yeah well obviously the normal the normal plugs for me apply like if you're watching on twitch right now uh then like you can uh follow on here and watch me play games and stuff and if you're on the soundcloud you can find me at a teacup gamer on twitch and other social media platforms um, and wherever you're listening, if you go to the description, you can find our Discord channel to join in on the discussion, as well as a link to our SoundCloud, uh, where you can listen to and download previous episodes, as well as giving us a like on there and a follow and doing some commenting. Uh, you can also find on iTunes by searching Crit Chat in podcasts. Leave us a five-star review for the five-star show. But yeah, uh, that's, all, that's all good. Also, yeah, definitely comment on the on the iTunes because it's very funny for me to read what anyone th- too many people have mentioned the demon fucking already when I say yeah. too many I mean <laughs> I like what we've done with this brand the brand is crit chat colon demon fucking question mark no, it's not a no, question more, I know I was gonna say demon fucking period that's it that's it's all that matters <laughs> still waiting for that can't stop fucking demons tea can't stop fucking demons oh god one day i'll have it and one day i will have the greatest t-shirt known to man um but anyway other than that guys we will see you if you come visit us live we'll see you next tuesday at 5 p.m gmt i have been ismay where are my friends hello i'm alone in this world goodbye friends i miss you Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.